What is up, people? You are listening to another episode of the Imperial Broadcast. I'm your host, Shamari Stewart, joined as always by my co-host, Kendall Stewart. Kendall, what is up? What's up, Shamari? We had a, uh, obviously a, uh, it's been a, a huge two weeks in the Star Wars universe, I would, I would say, because obviously last week we had those announcements from the Disney Investor Day, which we broke down in, uh, in large detail. But we also knew coming into coming into this week that we would also have the finale of The Mandalorian Season 2. And mm-hmm. I would say, I don't know about you, Shamari, but I would say that that finale didn't disappoint. Um, I'd absolutely say that. <laughs> and uh, it was so good that we had to bring on a guest. So, Shamari, yes. let us know. Or let, let the people yes, know. Yes, the people listening. So, we did have to bring on a guest. If you're a long, you're a long-time listener, then, then you're, you're familiar with this guest. Um, one of the very few guests that we've had on the show. So we're bringing back a good friend of mine, Zachary Breland, a huge Star Wars fan. Uh, so, Zach, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. What a time to be a Star Wars fan, right? Oh, my God. Oh, oh absolutely. Oh, my God. And I feel so special with that intro. I feel very honored. <laughs> one of the few guests. One of the few guests. Oh. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, and we're, had to, we're glad to have you back on. Uh, so the more the more conversation, the more knowledge that we can get, on the show the better yeah I know, i'm sure the listeners are probably getting tired of hearing me shamari have the same <laughs> take shamari listen to shamari talk about how great the prequels are <laughs> listen to me talk about how annoying kathleen kennedy's been you know so it's good to get a a, a third opinion you know into the, into no the guarantee mix. they're gonna love my voice either though. <laughs> <laughs> temper expectations there but, Fair enough. yeah the star wars fan base is, is very temperamental of course so <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see how everything goes, but I'm sure everyone will. Everyone that's listening now, at least, probably enjoys uh, enjoys our takes. Um, so, uh, without further ado, I feel like we should just might as well jump right into it. So we had the Mandalorian season finale, and this is going to be our f- primarily a finale review show, and as well as a review of the season as a whole. Right. Um, uh, so the Mandalorian and spoilers, obviously, and spoiler big gigantic Huge, spoiler alert. Gigantic spoiler. In the title. This, you, this, deserves the most, this deserves the most. This deserves the biggest spoiler warning of any oh, yeah. episode. Yeah, I, I agree. So far in the yeah. series of just spoiler warning of just Star Wars in general. This is massive, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> massive news in terms of what's going on. Although, if if you're on the internet, if you if you've been on the internet in the last two days, then I'm sure. Yes. You probably have had a tough time dodging spoilers. To be yeah, probably very tough. I'm probably were unsuccessful more than likely. Um, but yeah, so big spoiler warning. Uh, so we're just going to jump right in and we're going to be talking about the Mandalorian as a season and the episode as a whole. Uh, so jumping into this episode, I'm going to start off with just the episode. Um, uh, I thought this was, um, I thought this was one of the best episodes of the season. Uh, if not the best, I haven't really, really taken time to absorb, (laughs) honestly, just what I saw. Yeah. Uh, probably needs a second watch. Yeah, definitely needs a second, probably third watch even. But, um, but yeah, this is, in my opinion, this is definitely one of the best episodes of the season. Directed uh, a by lot Peyton of, Reed. Directed by Peyton Reed. Um, a lot of very, very good moments uh, in the episode. A lot of action and uh, a lot of lore and a lot of just OMG uh, jaw-dropping moments. Uh, so, I mean, you kind of start out with uh, them kind of forming their crew and going after uh, Moff Gideon, who has Baby Yoda or yeah. Grogu. As that's it's he's still Baby Yoda to me. It's yeah, I think hard, we're about we're to... probably about like 
a year away from Grogu being the f- official, like, that's what he goes by. Yeah, like, we're I don't even know about that. I'm pretty sure Baby Yoda's here to stay. <laughs> <laughs> he's Baby Yoda, and to many people, he's, I think he's always going to be Baby Yoda. The, the, the scene that you, that, you know, you talked about how they gather together, and I thought the scene between, and the tension between Boba Fett and Bo-Katan was yes. terrific. Oh, yeah. I mean, you want to talk about, you know, like, just, again, just tension and... You know, two titans. You know that we've seen all season, uh, and the season clash and butt heads. I did not expect it, but it, it, it's a friction that makes one hundred percent sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it was very interesting, very cool to see. Um, Zach, how did you feel about just the the beginning of the of the episode? I mean, I liked it right because I wasn't I wasn't so sure how it would pick up immediately because I knew we had some more pieces. They would need a larger team yes. to actually go and save Grogu. So. Um, I loved it. I loved every second of it. I love Bo-Katan's um, little jab that you're a clone. Um, I love yes. um, every second of that. Honestly, I think it's a great. It's a great squad. Like it's just a great team. It that is. I would love to see together all the time. I was like, this. I would if they were to keep going, and we'll talk about what direction they're going in. But if he had a team like this constantly, I'd be down. So my question is, what happened to the third guy on Bo- on Bo-Katan's squad? We know Sasha Banks was on there. We know Bo-Katan was there, obviously. It, I mean, did he not? Did he just miss the? Uh, did he miss the audition, or did he miss the uh, the, the the filming uh, day? Because I'm not sure what happened to him there. But um, but I mean, I wasn't necessarily missing him. I wasn't like, oh man, my favorite character is gone. But uh, he was yeah. the one guy that I was like, I wonder what happened to him. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. Uh, I mean, I wasn't really thinking about that. I mean, there was so much going on, obviously. But <laughs> Boba Fett and Bo Katan are in the same room, so I wasn't thinking about him. Yeah, in that last <laughs> act, I was like, "So, what? Where's the third guy?" <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah that that whole scene was just it was was incredible. I was loving every second of it. Um, so they start their mission. They they. Um, you know, they formulate their plan, and uh, Mando says he's going to help uh, Bo-Katan uh, uh, get her uh, Darksaber. Yep. Uh, uh, which, the fact that we're even, we're even seeing the Darksaber, it's still, it's still, like, crazy to me that we're, that we're seeing the Darksaber, and, and it has such a massive, and yeah. it has such a massive, you know, it's has such massive meaning yeah. right now in, in the I mean, we, we gloss over it. Um, it was a huge deal for us, obviously, at the you know at the end of the last season's finale. Yeah. I mean, we, we yeah, lost our minds when we saw the Darksaber. No, there was no inclination we were going in that route. But, um, but you know, this season it's kind of been a, a tad bit overshadowed by all the other stuff that's happening. Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously you said we can't, you know, we can't forget that the Darksaber even being mm-hmm. in this show and being such a major factor in this show is still incredible. Yeah, he shows you the uh, shows you the imprint that Dave Filoni has on this series, um, mm-hmm. despite not being the showrunner necessarily. Yeah, yeah, um, and I think we're seeing the results of of that, and just in terms of how how good the show has been been done. Um, uh, so they they go on the mission, they get on the ship, they go, yeah. and they're in uh, the Slave One, which still is just crazy to me to see that in in such amazing quality. Um, and uh, and they they come up with the, the with the plan where Boba Fett is like chasing the the uh, it wasn't like an imperial um, like an imperial ship that they were chasing and yeah. they, they couldn't stop and all that uh, so I thought that was pretty cool it was, it was pretty fun to see uh, they sneak on the ship 
uh, and they start to start blasting their way through the ship. Mando has to go after uh, Grogu, and then you have Bo-Katan and her squad uh, going after um, uh, Moff Gideon. Yes. And I thought the action uh, in all of those scenes I thought were great. Uh, it was a li- just a little bit dark, but it, I mean, just in terms of just the just the looking lighting, at it, yeah. the lighting. But it was still great regardless. And I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm just gonna jump right into it. I mean, seeing the dark troopers on the ship, yeah, and just seeing them and what they were able to do, and I mean, it was just it, honestly, it was just a marvel to see. I was like, wow, look at this. This is this looks yeah amazing. Yeah, it's one of the more menacing, terrifying kind of you know, thwart of, of enemies that we've seen in Star Wars in a while. You know, typically in that scenario, you get, you're get you getting stormtroopers, which, you know, yeah. I mean, obviously, well, fine. Yeah, yeah, you know, f- you know, facing 25, 30 stormtroopers isn't easy, right. but... Or even death troopers now at this point. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, to see to see those, I mean, what do you, I mean, you gotta call them robots. Um, yeah, just, droids, basically. Yeah, yeah, just droids, just, uh, um... That seemed pretty indestructible. Uh, that was always seemingly indestructible until the end of the episode, uh, which we'll get to. Um, they were, I mean, that was that was terrifying. I mean, and see Mando have the issues that he had with even one of them was was also, I mean, it was great. It's a great action. Um, like you, you mentioned, the action throughout the episode was was spectacular. Yeah. And uh, Zach, what did you think of the the dark troopers, and I guess just the action with regards to uh, what happened on the on the, the cruiser? I'm not like the biggest fan of having a robot adversary. Um, I just have mm-hmm. very much prefer, prefer like flesh and flesh and blood humans to fight against. But I love that they present such a menacing challenge. Like for the most part, Din has not had trouble with anybody. For two seasons, right? He's got a little bit challenge here or there, but the Dark Trooper, he just one was tough for him to take down, and so yeah. I, I I appreciate and what that does. Have him having so much trouble with that first one sets up well the ending, which we'll get to, and how yeah. amazing that is. Yeah, I know. I mean, it it really was something to see, um, and I tend to agree. I, I tend to prefer human enemies, right? As he, because it's just I mean they're human, so there's more <laughs> of a there's more there's more going on, right? But, yeah, it was, I mean, it really was something to see. And, I mean, I would also contrast the Dark Troopers with just the droids, like the just the B-1 battle droids and the other, <laughs> sure, <laughs> you know, right, the super right, battle right. droids, you know. And, and, I mean, these are, are, these feel like actual, like, enemies where it's like, wow, okay, no, this is like a real challenge. And they're not just shooting lasers at you. Like, it's like, I mean, they are, but. <laughs> They're much more formidable. Yeah. So yeah, this was, um, yeah, watch seeing them in action like this was really something to behold. Um, so, all right. So, kind of skipping through a little bit, we get a lot of action with uh, the Mandalorians, uh, which, um, uh, which was great. Honestly, I loved every second of it. Watching the Mandalorians uh, kick butt on the ship was fantastic. And, uh, uh, you know, you have Moff Gideon on the ship and, uh, you know, he kind of vanishes for a little bit and you're like, like, okay, where's Moff Gideon? They action them and the, the, um, uh, and, uh, the team, of course you have the squad, 
where uh, with Bo-Katan and her team right. get to the bridge and Moff Gideon's not there. And, um, you know, Mando's trying to get to Grogu and he has to fight the Dark Troopers uh, to get to to Grogu, to get yeah. to the cell. Uh, so he ends up getting past them. And when he gets in to Grogu's cell, who's standing there but Moff Gideon with the Darksaber? Holding him hostage. Holding Grogu hostage, which made made him the most hated person in America probably at that moment for everyone <laughs> yeah. watching. <laughs> yeah, John Espedito, uh, John Carl Espedito told a story about how, uh, you know, his daughters watch, uh, they watch The Mandalorian, obviously, and... You know how you know they're always telling him, "Oh, leave leave Baby Yoda alone." And, you know he's always like, "Man, I'm gonna kill that little green thing." <laughs> you know, like Jesus. But but no, um, yeah, no. I mean, I mean that this, the acting from Esposito uh, in this episode was terrific. It's been great all season, obviously. Oh but, my god. Um, you know that scene in particular was really good. Yeah, that scene in particular was such really a good. presence to the role. Like, he to the whole really show, does. He brings such a presence, such charisma. He really does. I mean. I mean, even just talking about Moff Gideon just for a moment. I mean, he's he's now one of my favorite Imperials, honestly, at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's. I mean, obviously, Giancarlo Esposito is an amazing actor, uh, but I mean, this character is just so menacing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just good, good bad guys in Star Wars are always so good. They're just they're just top top tier in terms of bad guys, just in general. They're always so fantastic, and, and Moff Gideon is definitely one of those bad guys. So he's holding Grogu hostage, and uh, and they cut a uh, or were supposed to have uh, cut a deal uh, where wait, kind of what was the deal with that he cut with uh, where he was supposed they were were uh, getting kind of double crosses him. He's gonna let him take Grogu. Yeah, he's gonna let him he take let Grogu. Him I guess get out with the with the yeah dark let saber. him yeah let him leave with the dark saber you know which would have been uh, you know obviously Din um, breaking his agreement with Bo-Katan right. in order to just take in order to keep Boba Fett or keep uh, Baby Yoda Boba yeah able to keep Baby Yoda um, right. but I clearly it seemed like neither one I think both yes. of them know, knew that neither one of them was going to hold <laughs> up their end of the bargain right. on that agreement yeah so they end up end up fighting uh, which is actually a very good fight. And kind of briefly bring up because I remember when we were watching it, you kind of took it took a bit of an issue with, uh, or did you take a bit? I feel like you took an issue. You took a bit of an issue with how well Gideon was doing in the fight. I it, it seemed a little. It seemed a little bit like wow. I, I was a little surprised, um, you know, that Gideon you know was able to hold his own in that regard. But I mean. And, you know, at the same time, we don't know how he got the Darksaber, you know? I mm-hmm. mean, he had to have beaten Bo-Katan to get yeah. the Darksaber. So if he beat Bo-Katan to get the Darksaber, then he can't be a complete slouch. But, right. Yeah. But I was a little surprised that he was able to hold his own against, uh, in that, in that, in that, in that scenario. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is a, l- a little bit shocking. Um, but, I mean, regardless, that was, uh, I thought that was a great fight scene. And, um, uh, uh, and uh, of course, uh, Mando win- is, ends up winning the fight. So he uh, gets the dark saber, and also Zach. What did you think of that of that scene, just in the in the cell with Grogu, and then the fight after? I think the uh, I think the the fighting chops that Gideon has, I think it just adds to the character. So I'm, I was it didn't take away from it for me, because mm-hmm. I thought that that 
that's still something. And it's the dark saber. You want to see it in action, right? So having yes, a character yes. that can actually wield it correctly and you know menacingly, it, it just works better for it. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, like you said, he had to have gotten it from Bokatan somehow. It, you're assuming that he won it by combat, and if so, then the guy has some <laughs> some fighting skills. Yeah. So I, a great great scene. The the hostage scene is great. Never expected Gideon to actually hold up his end. Uh, just, of course not. It, it doesn't make any sense. Um, even if he even if he did get what he needed through right. the through the blood and everything, it just doesn't make sense for him as a character. Just for it to just go that easy. We still had another half of the episode left. Yeah. What do What do we think he meant by like what 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 what's the Empire doing with Grogu's blood? Is there a connection to Snoke? Is there a connection to the Emperor? See, that's that's my. That's that's where I take it, right? Unless they're trying to set up mm -hmm. something later down the road, that's where I that's where I take it because they keep saying if you keep saying it's time for a new order to rise, it's like the second time the show has done that. Right. Um, it kind of just makes sense that because, and I, I hate to call it like a, a corporate um, a corporate kind of move and, and a way to try to explain away um, what so many people were unhappy with in the Rise of Skywalker because we had no. We had no, um, we had no clue that there were going to be clones, and, and they have to explain this, and they didn't really explain it very well. So this kind of seems like a little bit of um, uh, just, just, just kind of establishing that now, so that we can say, oh, it makes sense. It came from here to go to there. That's the progression. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, um, I mean, I feel like it, it has to kind of go connect to Snoke or the Emperor. Um, you know, or, or both, you know, the Empire as right, a whole. Right, there, there may be a, a chain of connection. Yeah, there's a kind of a chain connection there. Um, I mean, I feel like it has to. I feel like that's really kind of ultimately where the Empire was going, especially at that time period. Right. So, um, so what exactly they were doing, I don't know uh, with it, and I'm very curious to find out. Hopefully, in other, whether it be in other mediums, whether it be books, comics, or which, other shows which is the clone em the clone emperor thing is something that i mean that goes back to legends I mean, we talked about this around the rise of skywalker but mm -hmm. you know this is it's it's not i guess it's not completely foreign for them to take that idea of the empire cloning you know the emperor and using no yeah that exactly. kind of technology yeah yeah so that that wouldn't be completely um yeah that wouldn't be completely completely alien to the star wars universe but um but yeah either way i am i'm definitely looking forward to finding out more about that and hopefully we will uh in either a future season or in another show so i hope they continue barking barking uh, uh barking up that tree yeah uh so moving on to the next uh the next scenes that we get which are are uh, massive we're getting closer and closer to the big kind of epic climax uh of the episode um so they win. Uh, so so uh, Din Djarin, Mandalorian wins the battle, brings uh, brings the dark saber along with Gideon and 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 Grogu. Keep going, Baby Yoda <laughs> into the bridge. <laughs> drags him into the drags uh, uh, Gideon into the bridge, yeah. and um, proclaims that he's won. Attempts to give. Bo-Katan. Yeah, you're thinking this is the end of the episode. Everybody's won. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, happy I'm, I'm 100% satisfied. At the end of the episode there, I wouldn't have been disappointed. And they, they he attempts to give Bo-Katan the Darksaber. She won't take Gideon it. Gideon just starts laughing. Gideon's laughing. He's having a good time because he knows what the rules are regarding the Darksaber and it being handed off to other people. 
So yeah. he's and they they yeah. and they 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 mentioned that earlier in the episode where you know Bo-Katan mentions that all right this is the plan this this you're gonna do this you're gonna do that and then Gideon is gonna surrender to me you know she says that and it kind of went over my head a little bit but when I mean when Gideon you know re- circles back to that you really then that 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 line makes more sense um, why they put that in there my question is and this is something other people have brought up. Um, you know, it is where we get into plot hole territory, uh, potentially, although I'll give Dave Filoni the benefit of the doubt along with John Favreau, given, you know, last season we talked about the helmet situation and why mm-hmm. it was, why are some Mandalorians taking off their helmets and some aren't, uh, well, the conversation has been about what we saw in Rebels when Sabine had the Darksaber and she kind of just gave it to Bo-Katan. Yep. And mm-hmm. now all of a sudden, <laughs> it's got to be one in combat. Right. You can't just give it away. I, what's the? Where is the disconnect? Yeah, they're gonna have to explain that. I would imagine. Although yeah. I think, I think with that scene though, I feel like Bo-Katan would be a little more hesitant. Maybe that first time was okay. She got it from from right, Rafael, right. You know, someone that she saw as as a peer. But then now it's like, okay, I can't take it for free twice. Yeah, from some outsider who won it by who won it through combat. Yeah, so I feel like mm. that might be. Um, and who claims to be a Mandalorian? That. Yeah, so that yeah, so that yeah, that may have. Uh, so I agree, Zach. I think that may kind of soften that that anger. I guess a little bit in terms of that being a plot hole. Because I was thinking that too when I was watching. I was like, I don't remember that being a rule. <laughs> I'm almost certain it's switched hands at least a few times before. Right, right. You know, I don't, I've never heard of that. <laughs> so right. I was like, okay, so um, so yeah, so that was new. Uh, so some people did, did do did either of you hear about anyone having taking a real like any kind of a big issue with that with regards to the episode? I mean, nobody. I, I haven't heard anybody say they didn't like the episode because sure because of this okay. plot hole. But you know, it was a conversation of. I think again, I think people are going to give this team the benefit of, of of the doubt because of them shoring up the whole helmet plot hole, which made more sense or seemed easier to 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 shore up than this will be. But I don't know. But I think they'll they'll be able to figure out because obviously Dave Filoni worked on Rebels where yeah. they did that, and he's working on this, and he worked on Clone Wars. So I, I imagine that this is this didn't just this wasn't just something they forgot and they decided mm-hmm. to add. There's going to be a story mm-hmm. to it, I would imagine. Yes, yes. Um, all right. So, so I mean, it really. So now all all that's left really is the massive uh, finale. Well, yeah, because you know Gideon. You know, all these Death Troopers, or Dark Troopers, rather, uh, the ones that, you know, Din let out of yeah, the ship. he let out. He opened up the lock. And, and you know, when when that happened, I remember sure. you said, well, they'll yeah. come, they'll be back. Yeah, once that happened, I knew they'd be back. Yeah. Um. So I said, I said, oh, well, don't don't they have, like, yeah. you know. They can fly. They can fly. So they're just going <laughs> to. They, they, they don't need they're, air. They're droids. <laughs> yeah. So they're going to fly back. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, so you figured they would come back. So they did come back. And they get all the way to the bridge. They're busting down the door, and you know. And at that point, you're like, at that point, no way. At that point, Kendall, me and you, and and Zach, I'm interested to see what you were thinking at this point as well. At that point, me and you are looking at each other. We're saying, okay, who's going to show up? Yeah, somebody's who's gonna the show Jedi up. that's going to show up. Yeah, well, Kendall, you knew it was going to be. Well, yeah, I didn't so know who it was going to be before the episode. They show the previously. Yeah, you did. And yeah. they talk about they show, they, they show the they show the Gogu the Grogu Tython. Yeah, you know episode, and so immediately you're like, oh, so they're gonna. There's going to be some callback, 
in yeah. this episode to that episode. Yeah. To the whole thing about a Jedi showing up. Yeah. So we weren't sure if is that going to be the post credit scene or is that going to be in the episode. I imagine it would be a post credit scene, but as the episode was playing itself out and you knew that they needed an extra ally to come in, at that point you realize, all right, so the Jedi is going to be in yeah. this episode and it's going to be at this moment. Yeah. So then, you know, you're going through your head, who's the Jedi? And yeah. obviously, you're th- you know, we talked about it on this show. That the, the the main candidates were, you know, Ezra Bridger, Cal Kestis, Mace Windu, and Luke Skywalker. Those were the four. It had to be one of those four. <laughs> so, yeah, those were going to be a completely or it was going to be a completely original character. And obviously, you know, as the guy, when you realize this one guy, it seems like it started to trend toward Luke Skywalker, and then you see the green lightsaber. And, and and we we joked when we were watching it. We saw the green. We we were like, oh, we're gonna see you know green lightsaber and glove on the hand, and it's gonna be obvious. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, uh, yeah. So I mean, it was it was really something crazy to see. Zach, what were you thinking when 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 you saw the the dark troopers were gonna break down the door, and you were, were all wondering what's gonna happen? What was going in your, what was going on in your mind when that was going on? So we knew. The same with you guys we knew this was the jedi time this was time for a jedi yeah. to show up and and we knew i didn't i didn't let myself even believe that the man himself was a possibility mm. i didn't even let myself believe because i just i remember watching um watching the jedi and we we got ahsoka yeah and saying okay so from a storytelling perspective how are they gonna up this right it's the finale they have to up it but i didn't even think luke i thought okay they're gonna they 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 are tying into a lot more lore here, but they're still not going to give us that. They don't want to tie in that much. And then mm-hmm. I think same with you guys. I'm thinking Ezra, mm, Cal, too, too non-mainstream. So it, <laughs> right. it, it doesn't right. work as well. Um, I, I, ne- I never put um, any faith in the Mace Windu uh, prediction. <laughs> that would have been way too hard to explain. <laughs> I, yeah, that would have required way too much explanation. Um, so I thought, okay, so maybe to be Ahsoka again. It didn't seem like it would ever, like it would be Ahsoka mm-hmm. again. It doesn't seem like, like she really was saying goodbye since she won't train him. Um, but I didn't think it'd be with, you know, our, our, our robotic hand friend with the green lightsaber. I never would have thought. I never would have thought. Um, yeah. But then you see the X-Wing come in and I said, no. No. Yeah. No, well, yeah. Once, no. once the X-Wing came yeah, in, that's what all your I, I just like, I, I was, I was laying down and watching and I sat right up. I was like, wait a second i was like no you're kidding me they're not doing this right now and there's like uh, however many dark troopers on this ship is he gonna go through all those dark troopers right now i'm like is this really gonna happen and then the green lightsaber ignites and over the head and just collectively the whole star wars universe just just explodes in in just just awe just in awe of of what's happening right now and he he cuts through and force it uses the force to get through every single dark trooper. Yeah, on the ship. Yeah, it's a legendary Star Wars scene. Oh yeah, a legendary. legendary. That's that's a legendary Star Wars scene. You know, just like the Vader in Rogue One was yeah. a legendary Star yeah. Wars scene. Yeah, this, this is, is this on is that level. yeah, this is on that level. I was gonna say that that last hallway scene as he makes his way to the to the bridge. That's <laughs> yep. a direct parallel to the yeah. to the Darth Vader Rogue One scene. Absolutely, and it's so well done. It is so well done. All right, so Luke gets in, and this is another controversy, I guess. That yeah, we, this is another thing we were waiting of, for. In terms of what they did with Luke, so there's another controversy. So Luke gets in, his hood is still on, everyone's like, take the hood off, 
me and Kendall are sitting here saying it's Sebastian Stan. Yeah, we're like, it's Stan. It has to be Sebastian yeah, Stan. <laughs> you see the chin, and you're like, oh, it's Stan. You're like, that has to be Sebastian Stan. And he takes the hood off. And it's just some guy. And Kendall immediately goes, oh, so it's CGI. Yeah, like. And I'm like, I'm, look, I'm kind of looking, I'm like, yeah, it's CGI. Hmm. All right, I'll take it. You know. Yeah, I'll take it. It's not a loss. It's not a, all right, they just, they just, they were just docked a whole point on the episode. It was, it's still an excellent moment, but. Yeah, definitely, probably. I'm sure some people don't like the CGI in terms yeah, so, yeah, of. Yes, yeah, there's, there's been some, some pushback. On the you decision, you can tell it's not. You can definitely see the de aging tech. Like, yes. without, it, without a doubt, you can definitely tell it. It's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's. You, I mean, yeah, you can you can clearly see it. So what I'll 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 I'll, I'll ask you guys this because yes, there has been pushback, and I think most people probably would have preferred the actual, just real flesh and blood human that looks like Mark Hamill, which is Sebastian Stan, who's obviously also an A list actor. That would have made all the sense in the world, but. If I told you that if you cast Sebastian Stan, it's going to leak that he's playing Luke Skywalker in this season. Or you can cast some, you know, unknown actor and you can keep it under wraps and you get that moment, but it's just not going to be Sebastian Stan. What would you prefer? And I think mm-hmm. that's that's what they had to away because obviously we saw what Rosario Dawson playing Ahsoka that leaked all over the world. Um... Mm-hmm. We saw with Tamora Morrison playing Boba Fett. We knew he was going to be in the season. Same with Katie Sackhoff playing Bo-Katan. All this stuff was coming out before the, the season came out. So right. they couldn't have, they couldn't let that happen with Sebastian Stan. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't have minded at all. I would have preferred they just casted Sebastian Stan. And, really? And it just leaked. Really? Personally. Because having a live-action Luke Skywalker. and I mean, ha- really? casting a casted live-action Luke Skywalker... That's gonna re that is undoubtedly. I mean, it, once he's once they show him as Luke, the demand for Luke Skywalker and other stuff would have just right. exploded. Especially if he did it well, which I'm sure he would have. Personally, I think he I think he would be a good Luke. It would have taken away from the moment. I think though, if you if we know if you know for a fact Luke Skywalker is showing up in the season, uh, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, it, I think it probably would. And I think they were, they said to themselves, "You can always go back. You can always circle back to Sebastian Stan." They didn't. I mean, I don't think that we're going to see CGI Luke every time we see him now. But um, I mean, though, I, would, I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, I get maybe it depends on how much of a leak it is because there, there was a. Um, I, mean, I feel like it did leak. Ahsoka leaked. Boba Fett leaked. But I feel like the well, I mean, either one of them or both of them. But the leaks weren't as like definitive. They they were leaks, but it wasn't like. Now I'm just sitting here waiting for Ahsoka to show up. Like I wasn't just watching this season waiting. Okay, so Ahsoka's really? going to show up. Um, I mean, we didn't. Wasn't it like the Hollywood Reporter said. Yeah, I wanted, but it's not real until you see it, though. Right, right, right is what right. I'm saying. Right, that's you true. know, that's true. So I don't know. I wouldn't have minded if it did leak. It still would have been ridiculous. Sand. It still would have been crazy because it because like, it was still crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, even though it, Ahsoka it, was crazy, even though it even was though reported, it was happening. Yeah, it was so crazy. It. I still even when the season two started, I still was kind of like. I mean, is this really going to happen, though? Yeah. Are we really getting Tomorrow Morrison and was Tamora still, Morrison still as Boba Fett in, in uh, The Mandalorian Season 2, and, it, and they really did it, you know? So, I I don't know. So, I, I think it is a bit of a missed opportunity, personally. Um, I'm still holding out hope that the demand will, um, you know, there isn't really an, any kind of organized campaign, but I'm still holding out hope that, there, that the demand for a live-action Luke 
that uh, you know that they actually pull the trigger on it. Um, but Zach, how did you feel about the whole CGI uh, situation? I was actually reading something earlier that was that was on that subject. So back in um, the piece talks about how back in Donald uh, back in 2018 when Solo came out. Uh, Donald Glover said, they have my face now, right? Because everything, mm-hmm. they digitize everything. They have my face now, and they can use it in, in like, six decades when I'm gone. And mm-hmm. you could, they could create something using that face, and they wouldn't even need to recast. I feel like that's that's them using de-aging tech for Luke as opposed to Sebastian Stan is almost a way to keep Star Wars going forever, right? So it's, it's almost in, instead of, let's say, let's say Disney still has control of this property in like 50 years and you, you, you wouldn't have, and you want to keep making some kind of story where it has Luke. You wouldn't really want to recast again, right? Like after, like you could do that. They could do that. But I feel like this, this keeps it so that they could have the same face that everyone has known and loved in Mark Hamill and keep going for as long as they want. Is it a little bit of a, like a corporate move? Yes. Um, but, I think it makes sense for what they're trying to do and keeping it in line with everything we know. You'd also have to wonder, what if, as we all say, Sebastian Stan looks great, but what if after seeing him, you're like, Right, we, I mean, we, we don't exactly know what he would look like as Luke. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so there are people out there that, that have made the case that, oh, Sebastian Stan would have looked more like Luke than whatever we got. You know, it looked, it was a little bit like a deep fake. You know, it had that the deep fake vibe a little bit. Yeah, but. I mean, I think that's the only issue with the with the tech. And I don't, I don't have any issue with the tech, but it has to be like, it has to be amazing, honestly. And I don't think it's at that level yet. It's gotten it better. Seem like it got any better though? Well, it seems oh, a little really? bit, but maybe because yeah, it's I think on it's TV. Yeah, maybe just a little no, better. Yeah. They're obviously spending like what was it a hundred million dollars in the first season yeah so i'm assuming it's yeah. the same for the second mm-hmm. but i think it's still a little less than maybe they could devote to mm-hmm. like peter cushing for row one right and, right and, and for tarkin and let in de-aging mm-hmm. him so honestly and the mouth they still the mouth still yeah is off yeah so so it, you can clearly tell you can i mean you can clearly see it only takes a few moments to really be like yeah no that's not you know, that's, now I'm, the not voice, looking, I'm not looking at a the real voice was right Mark Hamill, which it, mm-hmm. it's hard to tell. I mean, he does a good job of, I guess, sounding like young Luke. You know, he doesn't sound like the Joker, but um, right. but no, I mean, you know, he did it. He did it. I guess he did a pretty good job um, with this Luke Skywalker. Um, obviously, he takes he takes Grogu. Um, yes. Did you? Oh, also, we see R two D two. Oh. Dude, which was also it's cool, also and, you know. He's so he's, he's Grogu. There are some theories out there that R two was the one that hid Grogu because, like, there I guess they had some sort of reaction to each other when they saw him. It was like, oh, Grogu, and it was like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily buy that. Oh, we have, we I have, have to, to rewatch we have to Revenge of the Sith. Where was where was R two at this point? But, um, but what I will say is, will we get a? What kind of stories do we expect to get from the Grogu Luke Skywalker uh, kind of that's a That's a very good question, Kendall. Because the first thing um, everybody, obviously, on the internet was like, so does, that, does this mean Ben Solo took out Grogu? You know, all, there was all the jokes about Grogu running away for a second time, you know, <laughs> waddling like he's like a Teletubby <laughs> when he sees Ben Goodness. Solo. <laughs> he's like a green Teletubby. He's really ridiculous stuff. But, you know, I mean, 
obviously, if you connect the dots, it seems like Grogu is going to be a part of <laughs> Luke's emerging Jedi temple. <laughs> um, so, Goodness, Grogu running away for a second. I know it's so, yeah, I know it's so messed up. Uh, but boy, yeah, they, they have to do something about that. You know what's that, gonna? That's a tragic story. If if that's really what happened. Yeah, I mean but he doesn't he doesn't establish the temple that early though. This is still what five years after Jedi, correct? I mean, I think so. I, I don't mean, think he. I don't yeah. think he. I can't unless I could. I could have missed because I, I read most of the novels and and but I have I could have missed something, but I don't think he establishes it that quick, that quickly. I don't think he seems to have traveled with Ben for a while before establishing like a full temple. Right. So I I don't. So what what happens during like over a decade with Grogu? Yeah, I mean Grogu. You would imagine that he wasn't there that whole time. I mean, it could be. Obviously, he's, he's old, but he's also very young. Um, but you know, I mean, there was no there was no indication in any and in any Star Wars other Star Wars mediums, obviously, that Grogu was a part of Luke's Jedi Temple. Um, so, I mean, they could they could obviously include him in some in some form or fashion, or they could tell a story where he is not there anymore. But, um, I mean, Grogu was nowhere. He wasn't in the Kylo Ren, um, no. in the Kylo Ren comic no. by Charles Soule. No, and, not and at all. So, and did we have that know, discussion like, when we talked about the we t- when we talked about the um, the episode with Ahsoka, and we talked about who's going to train Grogu. We mentioned Luke. Did we mention anything about well, was Grogu part of the academy? I feel like we may have had that conversation. I feel like I yeah, I feel like I we think did. You, you mentioned Reason. the same thing. Like he wasn't in any of the comics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, like, <laughs> so he, I mean, he wasn't in it. He yeah. wasn't in the. He wasn't in any of the other material that yeah. showed Luke's academy. So, you know, you kind of wonder what happened to him. And I feel like I, that's. I, oh I yeah, that's, go ahead. Um, no, I'm sorry. I feel like the. Um, but that's that's like the 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 new canon in general, right? We kind of it's retroactive canon, so yeah, they'll mm-hmm. explain it away now, even if he wasn't present in the previous material. Yeah, yeah, that that really tends to be uh, what happens, which makes things which makes things kind of convoluted sometimes and seem somewhat disorganized. But but honestly, um, I mean, I'm sure they can find a way to explain what happened to Grogu and I feel like he's going to be like it can't be anything tragic because he's such a beloved character at this point so it's just a, it's just a matter of where did he go right you know and he's nowhere to be found in the sequel trilogy yeah nowhere to be found yeah. in the sequel trilogy yet at all um so yeah I mean that's the question is what happened to him I feel like we're going to find out in I feel like this is going to be told in some other, uh, in a, a different me- medium of some kind. I don't think we're going to see a grown-up or growing-up live-action Grogu. I think he, they may have him in something animated. I think they may have him in something in a book or books, or or a comic. Though I I I would think they'd want to devote more time to him as a, in, a not necessarily in a comic. I think they'd want something more established i guess or whatever you want to call it so i feel like it's more likely you'll show up in something animated or in a novel or a series of novels i have a question Mm -hmm. what if what if we uh what do you guys think about because uh kathleen kennedy said during that uh investor day that everything Mm -hmm. this show and of course ahsoka and 
Ranger of the New Republic are going to lead to this cataclysmic event? We think maybe that he's involved somewhere there. Uh, possibly. Um, I mean, there's so much mystery surrounding what what uh, Lucasfilm has planned going forward. Right. I mean, you. I mean, you hope so, because I like Grogu as a character. Um, I don't really know many people that I haven't heard of many people that don't like him as a character. <laughs> so, yeah, so. It's like if you do, then you have the problem. If you don't like him, then that means you have the problem. Uh, yeah, at this point, that's kind of what it seems like. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I like Grogu as a character. So, um, personally, I don't think anything is off the table. I think I think there's a good chance that he'll show up in in many things. Good chance he'll come back even, to the show. Even, even uh, in, uh, I mean, they said he was at the Jedi Temple. There's a chance he'll show up in anything, whether yeah. it be the prequel era. Maybe they'll have Grogu show up in something there. Um, High Republic. I don't know. Maybe High Republic era. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe it's pre- if it's pre Episode One, I, I I don't know. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Grogu can show up. I mean, they could throw they, at this point. They, I feel like they could throw him in almost anything. Yeah, I mean, I think there is. A, I think there is possibilities that he could re, he could still return to the Mandalorian in future seasons. Um, you know, I it doesn't seem likely, but first of all, what I think this tells me with Luke Skywalker be even being in the show is something that we've we've it's been a theme all season that Lucasfilm after season one, and not just Lucasfilm but Disney. Bob Iger gave Favreau and Filoni the keys to do anything they want. And that includes, and you know, we mentioned it. We we're like, no character yeah, is off limits. And like, if there's any character that would be off limits, it would be Luke Skywalker on yeah. a TV show. And they went as far as to put him in the show. So clearly they have the trust in these guys to even tell the story. Um, it's a peculiar decision from a business standpoint to take your, to take your biggest character from a marketing standpoint take him off the show and then take him off of take him take him out of anything without having any plan so i'd imagine that they do have a plan for grogu that'll allow them to continue to make money off of his character and his likeness yeah um it just won't be in the mandalorian right now yeah yeah i mean i i think they have a plan i do think they have a plan in place i think they had a plan before the mandalorian but now i think they're just paying more close attention to that plan i don't think they knew how popular Grogu was going to be. No. So now with <laughs> knowing, I feel like going to be like, okay, now we really need to pay a lot of attention to what exactly we're going to do with his story going forward. Um, all right. And, uh, I mean, I guess now also, we can start. Well, oh, I just want to say, yeah. last thing I want to mention on, on that scene was a uh, terrific job by Pedro Pascal. I mean, when him and Grogu have that moment, you know, excellent acting. Um, you know, you have some people, obviously there were the reports from Grace Randolph and others that, you know, Pedro Pascal had, uh, you know, he had, I don't want to say beef, but he had a uh, disagreement with uh, Dave Filoni and with uh, John Favreau about his role in the show and not being able to show his face in the show. And there were some people that were you know, like Grace Randolph that were, you know, saying, see, I was right, you know, based off of, you know, how, uh, based off of how the season ended. Um, we did get two episodes back to back at the end where he takes off his helmet, but I don't know if that's, I don't know if that means that, you know, 
they wrote those in. They rewrote the, sh- the show so he could take off his helmet. As much as it means that, you know, we're seeing his character develop. And I think we're going to see him less with his helmet, less and less as the series uh, evolves. Um, so, I, I mean, I thought those were great moments. Uh, but like you said, it leads us into the uh, the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah, it leads us into the end of the episode. Um, and, I mean, it was a great ending. It's great seeing R2. Um, uh, and you're thinking, you know, that's it. You're thinking, okay, the season, the episode ends. You're thinking it's all over, you know. And then we get another scene. Yeah, it's a little peculiar because you're watching the, the 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 credits and you're expecting Disney Plus to recommend what's next. Yeah, exactly. they're showing you the entire credits. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, that means something else. I mean, I guess we're out at the end. Yeah. What's, what's coming up next? So something else uh, comes up, and you know, next thing you know, you're looking around, you see Jabba's palace. And uh, uh, Bib Fortuna sitting on Jabba's throne with a bunch of you know uh, other people and on in the in the palace or whatever, and uh, Fennec Shan uh, and uh, Boba Fett stroll in, <laughs> kill a bunch of people, kill yeah. um, Fortuna, and sit on Boba uh, sit on uh, uh, Jabba's throne. Yeah, and it and then they, you get a a, a, a headline. Or a, you know, just a, whatever a title. title. Yeah, it says uh, the the book of Boba Fett is coming in December of twenty one. So massive, massive news. Everyone, this has been reported. It's it's been it's been reported honestly for months that Boba Fett was getting yeah a show. Yeah, we, they've been saying that it was rumored so and then reported yeah. uh, that Boba Fett was yeah, supposedly yeah, getting. They should. They should. They said the show had been filming for a while, and then when the Disney investors, uh, as I like to call it, Disney fandom, happened last week, we didn't get a. We didn't get any Boba Fett announcement, mm-hmm. which was extremely peculiar. Um, but it led people to believe, oh, maybe we'll get an announcement at the end of the season. We we typically don't see that, mm-hmm. um, so you never know what to expect. Because that seems like it seemed unlikely, but it happened. We yeah. got the announcement. It of Boba Fett. We got the announcement. The scene was incredible, obviously. And the scene was the scene was the amazing. Music, I can't wait. Shout out Lou Gordonson. I mean, that was. Uh, I mean, they didn't they did an excellent job of getting people excited for the book of Boba Fett. Um, yeah. And uh, Zach, well, how did you feel about that scene and that reveal? I well, fantastic scene. So that that's that's it was a fantastic scene. Um, I'm actually. I was originally not on board with bringing Boba Fett back. Like, we had those mm-hmm. rumors were going on for years. They're going to bring him back. He survived the yeah. Sarlacc pit. And I just, it felt a little bit like giving into fan expectations, and I, I didn't love it. I wanted to make sure it was it was natural, and it made sense. I This sold me. This 100% sold me. I will take, like, a Boba Fett, like, criminal master of the underworld type thing like that. He's got, if he could take control of a cartel, that, oh, man. Can you just... Yes, it works. The whole thing works for me, 100%. I'm just curious to see, as there's been a lot of speculation online, is it its own thing, or is it, like, the season three of The Mandalorian? Like, they're going to do, like, an anthology type thing. Yeah, and that's actually what I was actually just about (laughs) to bring that up as well. So there's speculation and a rumor going on that this could be The Mandalorian season three. 
So there's been a lot of back and forth going on about is it season three, is it not at season three, this is why it is, this is why it's The not. impetus is Kathleen Kennedy during that Disney uh, investors meeting uh, presentation. Uh, she said that Mandalorian season three becoming in December of 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this gets announced for December of 2021. Right. And you have doubts that they're going to overlap that these two properties together they could but you know that's that's where people are saying you know i mean is this Mm -hmm. is this mandalorian season three um obviously of course there was also the stuff about you know whether or not pedro pascal was uh whether or not he was really on board to do a third season because of the rumored strife um and that they had to push back because of that i don't know but my 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 interpretation is that there will still be a separate season three, and that this is a mini series. Um, that would be, I mean it, it makes sense why you do do uh, a Boba Fett kind of anthology season, but I think it would be a little I don't want to say disingenuous, but I don't know if I would call the Book of Boba Fett season three of the Mandalorian. Um, to me, I mean he's not a Mandalorian, but I don't know. <laughs> that it seems like it may be semantics, but um, it, it would de- it would be bad marketing, you know. Like if you're Kathleen Kennedy and you're telling people, "Yeah, hey, Mandalorian season three is coming in December," and it's actually has no Baby Yoda, it doesn't even have the Mandalorian that we've come to know. It has nobody but Boba Fett. Uh, that'd be weird. That'd be a weird way of selling the show. So I don't know. I, I my interpretation is that we will be getting a third season of the Mandalorian uh, that is separate from Book of Boba Fett, and I think that'll probably be coming around the same time. Maybe in January, maybe November. I know I saw something earlier, and I just found it now. Um, Apparently, um, Paul Bateman, a Lucasfilm artist, um, I don't former, maybe, um, but as he understands it, the Book of Boba Fett and The Mandalorian Season 3 have different shooting schedules, so that they're not the same thing, um, Mm, but they are releasing around the same time. And that Pedro Pascal's confirmed he's signed on for a third season. But I, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's it. I don't know. I think he's a former artist, so I don't know if this is all true. I'm just I know mm-hmm. I saw that earlier today. Yeah, I was just looking as well. So there's also uh, apparently there's a stuntman also as well that also says Pedro Pascal is coming back for season three. So there's so there's there's reason to believe that this is not uh, the Mandalorian season three. And I agree. I do agree uh, as well, Kendall. That I don't think I think just changing. The Mandalorian into a Boba Fett show. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be upset about it. I mean, I'll, I'll take whatever live action Star Wars that I can get. I'll take honestly. But um, uh, and and they've done Boba Fett so well. I wouldn't be upset about it at all. Um, just in terms of of me getting more Star Wars. But I think it would be a little weird. I think for people that are non Star Wars fans that are that have latched onto the Mandalorian. Just changing that to a Boba Fett show, I think would be off-putting. Yeah, it'd be very jarring for those people. Yeah. So no more, no more Grogu. No no more more even Mando. No more Mando. You know, so it's like I don't know. I don't know how people are going to lose a lot of people. Yeah, I think you lose quite a bit of people. Um, So now Tamora Morrison is just the main character of the show now. Just I, I, I can't even remember the last time I saw that. Yeah, in any television, you just changed the show essentially into something else. Um, So. So yeah, I don't think that the book of Boba Fett is Mandalorian season three. Uh, with that being said, I'm so looking forward uh, to the book of Boba Fett. 
Tamora Morrison is quite frankly, honestly, I think he's he's uh, he's exceeded my expectations. Yeah. Um, I mean, I liked what I saw from him in Django Fett. He wasn't in Attack of the Clones. Well, I mean, he was in a good portion of the movie, but I mean, he wasn't like the main character of the movie. But he's exceeded my expectations in this season of The Mandalorian as Boba Fett. I've loved what I've seen from him. I it's pretty much what I would imagine <laughs> from Boba Fett. Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah, I'm on board. And I'm 100. I, I like the line. I mean, we've talked about it um, throughout the season that the writing from Favreau, Filoni, all the people that have written on this show has been terrific. But I love mm-hmm. the line from Bo-Katan when she's talking to Boba Fett about you know him being him not being a Mandalorian. She's like, you know, that's the voice of a clone. I've, I you know I recognize it anywhere essentially, yeah. and you know that to me also. You know, kind of foreshadows that we'll be seeing more Tamora Morrison playing clone characters in live action form, maybe in other shows. You know, we talked mm. about will we see Commander Cody in Obi Wan Kenobi? Will we see um, Captain Rex in Ahsoka or some other property? If we do, he'll almost like it will certainly be portrayed by Tamora Morrison. So. You know, I I don't think that will I don't think that's the last uh, or the only role we'll be seeing tomorrow Morrison playing in mm. the Star Wars universe, which makes him more one of the more valuable pieces. Similar to D. Bradley Baker has been extremely valuable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I mean, I hope you're right because I, I think he's done a fantastic job. Um, again, I and I had fairly high expectations for him. I, I liked what I saw from him in in the prequels, and I mean, he's he's done a, a great job. In this season, uh, so all right. So I want to get, uh, I want to just get you guys' opinions on just the season as a whole. Um, so I thought this season was a, I would say it was it was a pretty big step up from last season, and I enjoyed last season. I think I was just so much in awe of of a good Star Wars TV show, live action TV show, uh, uh, but. Just in terms of like you know big scale you know grand scheme of, of Star Wars, not too much happened. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed it nonetheless. I mean, this season just j- it, the scale of everything just went up so high, and just with all the characters that showed up, and all the lore and just everything in it, I was just like, oh my god, you know. So this season, and then you have Mando and and Grogu, Baby Yoda, going on adventures, going all over the all over the galaxy and. You know, and then they're touching moments, um, and then they're touching moment at the end, and everything. I mean, it was just, it was great. It was, it was great. It's the best Star Wars I've seen in many, many years. Um, uh, you know, so yeah, it's better than every, every. It's better, better than all the. I like this this show more than all the sequel trilogy movies, and um, and the and. Um, the and I, th- I think Rogue One is probably the the one anthology that I, I probably still would prefer. But I like oh, I prefer this more th- more to Solo. I like this show more than I like Solo. This is the best Star Wars I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say this is the best thing Disney Star Wars has done. Um, I I mean, look, I, you're you not going to get too many arguments from yeah, me. Yeah, I would say <laughs> this is the best thing they've done. Um, Rogue One was good, but it was very contained. It is contained. It's yeah. very, contained. very contained. Didn't it tie in too much to uh I mean it tied in obviously to the original trilogy and some to the 
to the prequels, but, you know, it wasn't in, didn't have the impact, you know, of seeing someone like, like, uh, like Skywalker show up, obviously. Um, even though we did <laughs> right. have the Vader moment. We did have Vader. Yeah. And, and Leia at the end. Yeah. Um, but this is, obviously, the season's been terrific. Um, it gave you all the stuff that you liked from last season in terms of the, the character interactions. And just the, just that kind of lived-in feel of the world. And 100%. The aesthetic. Yeah, the aesthetic was, you know, was certainly felt from last season, and it carried over into this season. And to me, it just, again, it goes back to how they were allowed from Disney. They were given the full the full toolbox to work with and it showed you what Dave Filoni and John Favreau can do when you give them that you know they gave you just a taste in the first season but they didn't have much to work with they weren't going to let them use Luke Skywalker in season one of a show they didn't know if it would be any good but once the Baby Yoda craze happened and the show was you know critically you know obviously raved upon they decided to give them you know any any character you wanted to use and we got Ahsoka Tano we got Boba Fett we got Bo-Katan. Obviously, we end up getting Luke Skywalker. Um, I'm just fascinated to see where we go next. Um, because we know now we're going to get a, a showdown between... Potentially, a showdown between Bo-Katan and uh, Din Djarin. Um, certainly, probably going to get more Mandalorian lore uh, as we go forward. There's still plenty of characters we haven't seen. Um plenty of characters and it's tough because we don't know someone like Sabine Wren who we expect to show up at some point uh and you know obviously there's a theory out there that Sabine Wren is the um is yeah which I don't know I'm not buying Sabine Wren is uh Moff Gideon's uh comms officer (laughs) and you know which didn't really make much sense but um we there's characters Sabine Wren as Bridger Thrawn um we expect some of them to show up, obviously, in Ahsoka show, and then we have Raiders of the New Republic as well. But all of this is supposed to tie in to some way, one major event. So I'd imagine that um, whatever that is, it's going to be it's going to be major. So I, I'm I'm still I'm still super locked in on this show, Grogu or not. Um, this show uh, right now is still at the top of of, of the Star Wars heap, yeah. and you know I, I think, think Ahsoka I think it's at the top of the Disney Plus heap as well. Well, I mean, have you seen the new High School Musical show yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll we'll wait and see what WandaVision <laughs> and, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki have to say about that. But for now, yeah. Yeah, certainly Mandalorian's at that. You know, so it's a high bar to reach for those shows. I'll give you that much. And, and Zach, what, what did you think of this season as a whole? Big step up from season one. A, a huge, like you said, huge step up from, I think, from season one. Um, season one, it felt felt very safe. It felt very safe, and mm-hmm. it. I was a little. This is going to sound very contradictory. I was a little ups, I was a little worried by how much they were playing it safe and trying to tie into the nostalgia of Star Wars mm-hmm. without giving us something really, really new. Um, and the serial nature of it, each episode being its own little adventure, it kind of felt like they didn't have as much of a a plot to build towards into the last couple episodes. Um, and I was worried about that at the start of the season with the first couple episodes we got. And you're going, okay, are we going to get this this monster of the week in quotations type of scenario? We're going to still go down that road. But then once once chapter 11, the third episode, 
came in and we got Bo-Katan and they really just somehow the season tied even more into lore and to everything we love and still charted a new path that showed us complete something we hadn't seen yet which was it's a beautiful balance how how Dave Filoni and John Favreau have done this is it's absolutely beautiful it's an astounding um yeah I I really don't I don't think there aren't there aren't too many negatives to this season I think I think they know where they're going I think they have a plan in mind obviously Lucasfilm finally has a plan we know that's been a problem for them and but it feels like they're really mapping out the future of Star Wars on television and I think television is just generally a better format for telling such large scale stories because you have so much more time to explore the characters to explore the plots and the worlds and you don't have to you don't really have to rush everything and um, what we saw with the sequels sequel trilogy well I love Last Jedi and I will defend that to my dying breath um, there was no plan there was no cohesive connection between the first to the second to the third so um, for them to lay out this plan and for them to confidently know where they're going like who would think that after two seasons they split up their their main dynamic duo between Grogu and, and the Mandalorian but they did and they have a reason mm-hmm. for it and I completely trust it um, and I think that the ending kind of leaves them in a completely new place it's like they've wiped the slate clean for the most part with just some threads that they can pick up going forward so it's exciting it's just super exciting i think like i said the future of star wars i think is in television and i think uh, what a time to be alive i i think they did a great job i really do yeah, yeah. I mean, I I fully concur. Yeah, it seemed you know. like was in complete agreement. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no, yeah. What I was gonna say, I I do wanna I do wanna acknowledge I misspoke when I said that this is the best Disney Star Wars thing they've done, uh, because the Clone Wars, uh, last four episodes was the best thing in Disney Star Wars. So I can't. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Lego holiday special. Yeah, I thought yeah. you were going to say that too. Yeah, you Honestly. know, I Lego Freemaker. The Freemaker Adventures, you know, is a close second, but uh, nah. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I'd agree with that too, honestly. I think those last four episodes were just unbelievable. No, I think that's some of the best Star Wars we've got in general also, though. Yeah. Those last four episodes. Yeah, that, that's really, like, I think honestly. that's as good as that because that you can consider that one movie. And I think it's as good as any of the movies that we have the entire in yeah. all of Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would agree. It was they were so. It was it's just it's like it's like perfection. <laughs> yeah, it was like, perfection. I couldn't perfection. ask for anything. It was am- amazing. It was yeah. really, really, man. <laughs> yeah, we've been yeah. saying it on this podcast for years, pretty much since the the iteration, the first iterations of this podcast. That Dave Filoni should probably be the guy. He Lucas needs to. Film. He needs to have some kind of leadership position, which I feel like they're they're leaning. They're going to do. Yeah, they're something. going in that direction. Him and Favreau seem to be, you know. The, seem to be calling the shots when it comes to yeah. the television. Yeah, which I mean, animated. Obviously, he knows how to do animated animated work very well. It's clear he's demonstrated that. But I mean, he tells Star Wars stories so well. I feel like he should have be doing more than just. I that. feel like he should have the same kind of um, role that George Lucas did, especially with um, when it came to the Clone Wars because he was involved in that, and then also right. just Empire and Jedi. This kind of not necessarily directing everything, but this kind of overseer of the world yes. and story. Yes. He just he just knows Star Wars. He just understands it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I completely agree. I mean, he just like you said, he just knows Star Wars. He understands it. He knows how to tell those stories. Yes. 
And look, I didn't love every part of Rebels. I mean, I mean, we we did uh, we reviewed every we reviewed episode. basically every episode yeah, from season two on. And it, you know, there were a lot of filler episodes that did not get good reviews from us. Yeah, and a lot of seasons that even you know were mostly filler episodes. But the story, the overarching stories, were great. Yes, the you know, overall were, plan that he had for each character in each story. Yeah, almost always was a success. Yeah, yeah, always really. And the Clone Wars was a complete success. Even the last season of the Clone Wars, some people didn't like that that middle arc. The, the with, Yoda Chronicles. No, no, well, no. <laughs> the, the last season. Okay, this season. No, the Yoda Chronicles. Yeah. But the last season with the where Nasoka was in in Cor- on Coruscant. Right, right, right. With the, the, the Martez. Sisters. The Martez sisters. Yeah, some people didn't like that very much. I didn't think it was as bad as a lot of other people did, but you know, there are some things. There are some things that I maybe I'm not too crazy about that I know he's he was in charge of, but he's still he, I he's done the best job. Him and John Favreau now with the Mandalorian, I think I've done the best job um, uh, with uh, Star Wars in terms of just the lore and stories. You know, they just know how to generate excitement and yeah. follow through on it in ways follow that on it. don't disappoint people. Exactly. I also think exactly. with like those disappointing episodes, though, of the seasons, it's when they have to. I, I can't stand when some shows do this. I know they have to, but when you're on network television and you have to hit that 20 episode order, yeah. So mm-hmm. then you end up putting a lot of filler in between your big moments. So I think yeah. that's why though, why Disney Plus is such a great because they get eight episodes. It's right, eight yes. Strong, tight episodes. Yeah, they're not super long. I mean, you know, this show, if, if every episode was 45 minutes, some of them would have dragged. Um, you know, but this, this show, each episode is a different length. It's as long as it needs to be to tell the story. Right. Um, and we saw that. We talked about it with Rebels plenty of times. We were super excited when Rebels got extended into 18 episodes and 20 episode seasons initially. Until we realized what we were getting, which was just more filler episodes. And it ended up being a little more disappointing than it was exciting. So, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Dave Filoni, been terrific. And Jon Favreau deserves his credit because, you know, he's the the showrunner of the show. And obviously he worked with Filoni, you know, as a part of uh, Clone Wars at one point. Um, I believe on the cast, right? Yeah, he was. He was on the cast of of Clone Wars. So he, he knows what Dave Filoni's about. And you can tell they see eye to eye in some respects. And, you know, I mean, he seems like he may be positioning himself as kind of the Kevin Feige of Lucasfilm. Um, that's that's something that I could see him coming. Well, they're a great, I mean, I think they're the perfect duo. You have Dave Filoni, master of Star Wars, and you have John Favreau, master of just filmmaking. Yeah. Because he mm-hmm. just understands how to, how to make good films and make good television. Yeah. 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 I mean, they need they need to be doing more than what they're doing now in Star Wars. I, I can tell you that much, um, but all right. I mean, I think I think this is a good time for, um, I guess, for grades of, uh, uh, I guess, out of ten, just the the second season as a whole. Um, kind of, what would you give? What would you give the Mandalorian season two uh, on a scale of one to ten? Season two. Well, first of all, I'll give the episode a ten out of ten. Um, ten this out is my 10. second wow. ten. Okay. You know, I did give Ahsoka, I believe, a ten out of ten as well. The uh, the Jedi episode five. Um, so now, you know, this is my second 10 out of 10, but for the season, I give them a, I give them a 9.5. Wow. And that seems high. Very high. Um, it probably doesn't line up completely with the grades that I gave, but 
You know, I mean, if I could have given episode nine, episode five, a higher grade than a ten, I probably would have, uh, because those episodes were so were so incredible. Um, way less filler in this season. Um, even the episodes that were filler, I, besides Peyton Reed's first episode, ironically enough, the episode with the spiders, that one was a little bit like, all right, you know, what's you know what's going on with the season? We got to pick it up. But um, but outside of that episode, the rest. Even the episodes that maybe you can deem fillers were all really good. Even the jeans pants guy, or the jeans the jeans guy episode, <laughs> I should say. Jeans the, the jeans guy episode was <laughs> even that one was really good. So uh, I gotta give them I gotta give them their credit. Um, this was a terrific season. Uh, and look, they have a high barter. They have a high barter. I can't imagine. I'm just gonna say now. I'll put the pressure on them. I can't imagine they're gonna redo or they're gonna be able to top what they've done with season two. Yeah, I think I think Mace Windu. I think, I think Mace Samuel Jackson uh, disagrees. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh boy! That, that was, I mean, look, I, I was saying honestly, I was saying the same thing about Luke. I didn't think there's no way we're ever gonna. Well, maybe not, not never, because uh, we thought Sebastian Stan was potential for. Yeah, potential but I, for I feel that. like we talked about it when I feel like we talked about it coming into the season like a long time ago. Like when we yeah. knew there was season two coming out, we were like, I mean. I mean, they're getting a lot of characters. Could we could be getting Luke Skywalker? And yeah. that seemed like the bar. That seemed like the like the mm-hmm. like the stopping point of all right. This is the mm-hmm. limit. We're not getting any Luke Skywalker. Let's relax. But mm-hmm. we ended up getting. Yeah. So I mean, hey, I don't know. Um, uh, well, Zach, I, I, I want to get your thoughts. What, what would you give this season on a scale of one to ten? And the episode too, if you want to read the episode Ooh, as well. Oh boy. Um, okay. So the episode, um, probably a nine. I may be expecting it to end. A lot of it had 10 moments, but as an overall episode, I actually... Um, my favorite episode of the season is The Heiress, um, when we get the introduction of Bo-Katan, and just... I love that. Um, and then, obviously, the the tragedy with the return of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, the season as a whole, though, um, I'm probably... I'm with Kendall, and I'm I'm going to have to say 9.5. I think... I just think they're... they're again, those first couple episodes... I just felt like last season felt like we were plodding along, getting to where we needed to be. Um, mm-hmm. But then everything after that was um, in a nine, like a nine to nine, between nine and ten. So if I had to average it out, it'd be between nine and nine point five, and I'm going to give it the um, the benefit of the doubt, a nine point five. Okay. All right. Um, so I am. I'm mostly. I'm. I'm pretty much right there with you guys. So I would give. I would give this episode a nine out of ten. Um. I don't know if it was my favorite episode of the season. I love the tragedy. Uh, I thought that was a fantastic episode. I think that is good. That one for me is gonna be pretty hard to top. Um, and the Jedi was fantastic too. Uh, so, um, so yeah, I I'd probably give this episode a nine out of ten. And the season, I think I would also give a nine out of ten. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, it wasn't like you know perfect, but it was. I mean, it's, even so, it was fantastic. You know, it was, it was a fantastic season. Um, I mean, so many high moments. Um, you know, I think maybe the only reason it's not 10 out of 10 or 9.5 is... Um, I mean, it isn't even the, the fault of the, sh- of, of the show itself, but I've, I've always cared more about the Jedi and the Sith and the lore with regards to the Force and, and the Star Wars galaxy. I just, in general, I care more about that stuff than I do the kind of underworld CD, um, you know, stuff. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, but 
But either way, I would give this season a nine out of ten. It was it's it's a very well done show. They continue to raise the stakes. I don't remember what I gave the first season when we when we rated the first season, but um, but this I mean, honestly, this just it just raised the bar. It just raised the bar so much from last season, and I, and I expect them to, to continue to do so in season three. And with all these other shows that we're gonna get, I mean, there's so much content. Um, yeah, this is this it, like Zach said, what what a time to be a Star Wars fan, you know. So much on the horizon. Uh, but all right, I think that's a good place to end the show. Uh, so this was the our Mandalorian season two review. Uh, we will be. Um, uh, eagerly awaiting news of, about season three and all these other <laughs> Star Wars shows that we now have confirmed that we're getting, uh, which is unbelievable. Um, and uh, and uh, Zach as well, thank you so much for coming on. We got to bring you back on uh, more often. Yeah, man, I'd love to. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. I love just talking Star Wars. It's like there's really nothing better to do. Absolutely, it's it's. I mean, there really isn't talking Star Wars, watching Star Wars. Uh, doesn't get much. <laughs> doesn't get much better than that. Uh, as a Star Wars fan, all right, and and all of the listeners as well. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm your host Samar, joined by Kendall and Zach, and we will see you guys next time. Peace.